really having those women, you know, those tightest two women um, who have gone before me and who have done this successfully um, to go to them and just say, can you help me with this? I really don't know what I'm doing here. I really need help in this particular subject or this particular area of homeschooling. Um, and so, yeah, the academics have been the biggest challenge for me. Um, and still I get to see God's faithfulness and, and really it's all about going back to him and just trusting the Lord. He's called us to homeschool our kids. And so we've been obedient to say yes. And sometimes I feel like Queen Esther, like if I die, I die, but I'm going to do this either way. Um, but God is so faithful. And, uh, and so that's really what I cling to. Welcome to Homeschool Conversations with Humility and Doxology, a series of interviews with real-life homeschool moms, dads, and other educators on all sorts of topics that affect our lives as homeschool parents. I'm Amy Sloan, a second-generation homeschool mom of five, and I am so delighted that you are here. Here on Homeschool Conversations, we'll discuss educational philosophy, family life, and more. Come chat with us. Do you ever feel overwhelmed by the homeschooling journey, wondering if you're doing enough to support your children's education and spiritual growth? You are not alone. A lot of Christian homeschool parents face the same challenges and long for a supportive community to help them navigate this important responsibility. And that's why you're going to love Made to Homeschool. This unique community is designed to support homeschoolers at all stages, offering camaraderie, encouragement, and inspiration. At Made to Homeschool, we believe that you were called to this journey for a reason. You were made for this. Join us today and together we'll build a strong network of families dedicated to nurturing the next generation of godly leaders. Find out all the details and join us inside at humilityanddoxology.com slash m2h, or you can click the link in the show notes. That's humilityanddoxology.com slash m, the numeral 2h, humilityanddoxology.com slash m2h. Hello, friends. Today, I am joined by Yvette Hampton, who is the producer and host of the documentary Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution. She's also the host of the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast, which I've had the privilege of being on a couple times now. As a mom who is concerned for the future of this generation, Yvette has a deep desire to see a culture shift by encouraging people through God's word. She and her husband, Garrett, have a passion for strengthening and equipping families and the homeschool community by teaching parents how to live out their convictions and point their children towards Christ. Her greatest joy in life is being a wife and mom, and you can learn more about Yvette by visiting schoolhouserocked.com. Well, Yvette, there at the beginning, everyone always hears the official, you know, introduction and bio, but would you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and how you guys got started homeschooling? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun um, to be here. Like you said, uh, we, we just recorded for my podcast and then jumped onto yours. And it really is so much fun to be on this other side of the interview process. Um, so yes, I am Emmy Vett Hampton. I am a child of the King. I love Jesus. 
um, with all my heart. And I don't say that flippantly. I say that like, I cannot do this life without him. <laughs> um, I have two daughters, uh, Brooklyn, my oldest is 17 and she's going into her senior year of high school. My youngest is 12. Her name is Lacey and she's in middle school now. And uh, we, we uh, my husband and I have been married for 28 years. Um, we are a family who serves the Lord through uh, the Schoolhouse Rock Ministry. And it's completely ironic that we do that because years ago we said we would never homeschool. Um, as a matter of fact, we had been married for about 11 years before our oldest daughter was born. And for 11 years, we said we would never do that to our kids. We would never do that to ourselves. Like we just had every misconception. We believed every negative stereotype that there was about home education. And we just said, that's not for us. You know, I, I was not the homeschooly type of person. And so it seemed ridiculous that we would do something like this. But the Lord had a different plan. And when our oldest was four years old, we went to our first homeschool convention and we heard all of these speakers. And it was literally like in one weekend alone, the scales fell from our eyes. And what we saw was that it wasn't just about the academics. And that was the part of it that scared me was I can't do the academic part. Like, I don't know how to do that. I barely made it through school on my own. And I can't teach my kids. I'm not a teacher. I didn't go to college to teach. You know, I had all of these these thoughts and beliefs. But the Lord showed us that weekend that it is so much more about discipleship and about relationships and that curriculum is important, but character trumps curriculum and, and reading is important, but relationships trump reading. And so once we started to see those things and our eyes were opened, we said, oh, this is totally different than what we thought. And so I really went into it with honestly, my knees knocking and sweat on my brow. And I was like, what am I doing? I have no clue, but I know that this is what the Lord is calling us to do. And so, so we jumped in with, with, you know, everything that we had and trusted the Lord. And so now we're getting ready to graduate our oldest. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it is amazing to me, uh, just to see the Lord's faithfulness in it. So that's kind of how we got into homeschooling. I know that is going to be an encouragement to a mom who's like thinking about this crazy homeschool thing yep. to hear that because I have talked to moms who maybe have a three-year-old and a four-year-old and they're thinking about homeschooling, but they're asking questions like, well, what about a high school transcript? And what about calculus? And it's like, yep. oh, okay, let's start with what the big picture, most important things is, are, like you were saying, discipleship um, and start there. And then you'll you'll work through some of those challenging things down the road and it's yeah. really not as scary as you might think. No, no, it's not. God is so faithful. Um, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And, and really that's what we've tried to do the best that we can is just seek him, uh, trust the Lord. Well, Yvette, you started saying you would never homeschool. Then you went to this convention and you were like, wow, I, I, I see a different vision for what homeschooling can be. And now you're looking forward to the graduation of your oldest. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> but how have you seen your philosophy of education, like your approach to homeschooling grow and change over the course of all those years? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a great question. Um, you know, when we first started, honestly, our, our why in the beginning was when we very first started even considering it and went to this homeschool convention, it was more because of a 
kind of physical safety thing for our daughter. We lived in, um, we're from Los Angeles. So we lived in LA County. Uh, so we were in the LA County school district and we were seeing that these schools were not physically safe for her. And, you know, we're hearing about all these school shootings and this and that. And so we just thought, you know what, it wouldn't be physically safe for her to go. And then we topped that a little bit with, well, she will be taught evolution and we don't really want her to be taught evolution, but I was kind of okay with it only because I thought, well, if she's going to learn that, I want her to learn that under our umbrella so that we can debunk it when she comes home. And I had this idea that, you know, what all this stuff that she's going to learn in the classroom, it, it's going to be fine because she's going to come home and we're going to undo it, which is ridiculous because I, what I didn't realize was, uh, you know, as, as um, Luke 640 says, that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. When we're putting our kids in a classroom for 40 hours a week, they're going to likely become more like their teacher. And we're saying to our kids, this is what is true. Go learn from this teacher who says that two plus two equals four. And also that we evolved from slime, right? So kids can't differentiate those two things. And so that kind of became in the beginning, that was really what our, our idea was, was it's not going to be safe for her to go and she's going to learn evolution. 12 years ago, 13 years ago, all of the other stuff that's going on in, you know, Drag Queen Story Hour and, you know, Pride Month and celebrating all this stuff um, and, um, you know, my body, my choice, like that wasn't, I, it existed, but it wasn't pushed so hard in the classroom. So that really wasn't our thought process at all. But as we have homeschooled over the years and the world has pushed further against truth and further against Christ, we have found ourselves clinging even tighter to the truth of God's word and wanting to teach our kids, this is what truth looks like. And they, they're exposed to all of that stuff. I mean, you walk into any store, or any mall, and you see all the evil around you, but we can still have those conversations with our kids of this is what the world is doing. This is what the world believes. But as Christ followers, this is what we believe. And so I think our whole idea of education has really changed in that it started out as a physical safety thing. And some of the things that you might learn that we can debunk too, it's really all about Jesus and using everything that we do to point our kids to Jesus. And even when you think about the different subjects that we teach our kids, you know, math, well, how do you incorporate God into math? Well, that's easy because God is a God of order, not chaos. How do you incorporate him into history? Well, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and you start there and you get to see God's story throughout the last 6,000 years. And with science, you teach them science and they have to learn the basics of science so that they understand God as creator. And we teach them to write so they can write about him. We teach them to read so they can read about him. Like everything that they're learning is, is we incorporate truth into it and use that as a tool to point them to Jesus, not just a tool to teach them academics for the sake of saying, I've got a really smart kid who knows a lot of facts. Um, and so I think that's really where where we have changed our kind of philosophy of education of going from, it's not just about the physical safety, it's about their spiritual safety. And what a joy it is to be able to show our children the beauty of the Lord in everything that we're studying in our yeah. homeschool. Such a gift that we have. Yeah. Yes. Well, that in and of itself is a beautiful part of homeschooling. But do you have any other favorite parts of homeschooling? Oh, by far my favorite part of homeschooling is the relationships that I have with uh, both of my girls. Um, 
And we, and, and even with my husband, my husband actually works from home. We are blessed that he be, he is able to do that. He hasn't always, but for the past several years he has. And so we get to do life as a family. And, um, you know, I never imagined that I could have the kind of relationship that I have with my 17 year old that I do. And with my 12 year old that I do, people often will say, oh, those teen years, they're so scary and they're so terrible. We were at a restaurant not too long ago and there was an older couple sitting next to us. And I mean, this man was probably in his seventies and he just said, oh, you got teenagers, those teenage years, they're awful. My teenage daughters were horrible at that age. And I was like, oh my, I am so sorry that this man in his seventies is still you know, distraught and having PTSD over his teen years with his daughters. Um, and I just was like, oh, you know, no, the teen years have been great for us. And not that we don't have hard times. You know, I don't want to paint this perfect picture of everything's always perfect and easy and our kids are always obedient and I'm always patient and we have the perfect home. It's not like that at all, but we do have an incredibly good relationship with each other that I never thought possible. And I am certain it is because we do life together and, um, and we get to just share in everyday experiences with each other and work through the issues and the problems uh, that arise because we live on earth. <laughs> and so uh, definitely the relationships, uh, that is by far my favorite part. You know, a lot of it isn't like homeschooling will make you never have relationship issues with your children or with right. your teens, right? But just like you were saying, we're not pushing them under the rug or only trying to deal with them in these short little windows of time we have together. Yeah. We're kind of forced to have to like face these things head on. And that can be painful, but it's also so good because there can be reconciliation and restoration yeah. and a deepening of love for one another. So yeah, I am, I'm so glad I would miss my kids if they were gone. And I love right? the teen years. I, it's so exciting to see them becoming their own people. Like they're not just parroting back stuff I've said. They have their own opinions and it's yeah. really fun. So yeah. yeah, if you're looking towards the teen years in trepidation, do not be afraid. It's a beautiful part. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I'm just thinking about last night, um, my oldest daughter, she's just dealing with some things and it's not a relationship thing between her and I, but she's just life things, you know? Um, and so we were up till almost midnight, uh, just talking through it and praying through it together. And I didn't have that worry that oh, she's got to get in bed because she has to get up at six o'clock in the morning to get ready for school. Like, it was okay for us to stay up until midnight. It would be fine to stay up till two in the morning if that's what it takes to discuss these things and to be able to be there for her and help her walk through these difficult times of life because we're not on someone else's schedule. It's it's just us. Um, and so it, it really is a great privilege to be able to walk through life with them. I love that. Well, Yvette, what have been some of the more challenging parts of homeschooling? Uh, we, all, we all face them. It's not always perfect and roses, right? And then how have you sought to overcome those challenges? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. So I'm going to be super transparent and honest with you. Um, for me, the hardest part by far, hands down, has been the academics. Um, I really struggled in school. Like I mentioned before, um, I was not a good student. I hated the academic part of school. I loved the social part of it and um, really struggled as a student. Um, I, I have a hard time comprehending things um, oftentimes, and I just really struggled. And so the academic part has actually been the hardest part for me as a homeschool mom. 
Um, the funny thing about that is that the Lord, <laughs> he thought it would be a good idea to place in our laps this ministry called the Schoolhouse Rocked Ministry, where I've now spent five years interviewing other homeschool experts. And we made a movie about homeschooling and interviewed homeschool experts. And so while I've struggled with it, the Lord has brought so many people into my world who have helped guide me through this. Like one I think about is Rachel Carmen. Um, she has been an incredible mentor to me who just, she encourages me. I can go to her and say, hey, what about this thing? How do I deal with this? And she'll just walk me through it because she has eight kids and she's already done it. She's graduated all of her kids. And so really having those women, you know, those Titus two women um, who have gone before me and who have done this successfully, um, to go to them and just say, can you help me with this? I really don't know what I'm doing here. I really need help in this particular subject or this particular area of homeschooling. Um, and so, yeah, the academics have been the biggest challenge for me. Um, and still I get to see God's faithfulness and, and really it's all about going back to him and just trusting the Lord. He's called us to homeschool our kids. And so we've been obedient to say yes. And sometimes I feel like Queen Esther, like if I die, I die, but I'm going to do this either way. Um, but God is so faithful. And, uh, and so that's really what I cling to. That's an encouragement because I, I know that some moms can worry either about academics in general, or maybe there was a particular subject that was really a struggle. And they think I'll never be able to teach my kids math. Like I don't right. even really understand fractions or I was never a good writer. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to teach my kids how to write well. And to one, like you were just saying, to seek out mentors and community, um, whether it's online or in, in real life near you, to to go to those women who have kind of been there, done that, who have yeah. some experience, that's invaluable. Um, and do you, have you found any other good ways of kind of dealing with some of the challenging subjects? Have you outsourced or hired yes. teachers or... How has that oh, worked out for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, we have actually done co-ops with our girls for the last couple of years. And there are co-ops where we get to choose the classes that they take. And I, here's the thing. I think that a lot of homeschool parents think they have to teach every subject to their children. And really what it is, is we get to be the, we, we get to guide the ship, right? We get to be that captain and say, okay, I'm not sure how to teach you chemistry. So let's go take this chemistry class at co-op. I'm not sure how to teach even art. You know, it, we, we always think about the like higher academic subjects, but my daughter loves art. I am not an artist. I cannot teach her art. I mean, I can literally barely draw a stick figure. It's really bad. Um, but we go, she, she took an art class at co-op um, this past year. And it was, it was great because she was able to learn art from someone else who was actually an artist. And so with all the different things, um, we are the ones who get to, to guide that ship and say, you know what, there are other people who can teach these. We also utilize uh, virtual classes, you know, for math. We do an online math program that works great. I don't like math. I don't understand all the math that there is to understand. And so we use an online math program. And so while we do a lot at home, we also are able to facilitate some of their learning um, in other ways through co-ops, through online programs. Um, we've even hired a tutor um, at one point. Our One of our daughters was struggling with math. And so we found a great uh, retired homeschool mom in our town. And 
she was amazing and she just said yes i would love to teach her and so she um you know we, we paid her some money it wasn't very expensive and she she was able to teach her all the concepts in a way that i couldn't teach them to her and so so yeah i mean god just opens the doors for us to be able to uh, teach our kids the things that they need to learn without us having to teach them everything and the good thing with that too, I've seen with my own children is you end up having these wonderful mentors who can speak into the lives of your kids as well. When yeah. my son, we just recently celebrated his graduation last spring and a little surprise for him was I had contacted um, some of his teachers, uh, his grandparents, uh, youth, youth leaders from our church, just uh, men and women who have been a big part of his mm. both academic and just sort of spiritual life. And they all recorded little videos for him and yeah. I, I put it together. And so just to be able to see that and think to myself, wow, you know, it wasn't just about like the things that I was saying to him, but the Lord gave him this whole crowd of witnesses yeah. to support to support me as well on this homeschooling journey that we're not having to do it all on our own. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to have other people, other people's voices who we trust in the lives of our kids, uh, because sometimes they'll say the same thing that we're saying, but because it's coming from a different person in a different trusted voice, they're like, oh, so-and-so said, well, I literally just had this conversation with my daughter the other day. She said, oh, so-and-so said something. I'm like, that's exactly what dad and I should, said. She's like, I know. But it was different coming from them. Okay, same words, different delivery. <laughs> and so, oh my goodness! Yeah. Yes, I've had that experience before, and I just, I just smile and nod now because I think to myself, okay, the goal was for them to know this and believe it. So yeah. as long as, as long as it got in there somehow. That's right. What if I told you that there was a way to incorporate freedom into your homeschool planning, a way to blend flexibility and a well-ordered day? Homeschool planning doesn't have to be scary. I have created a free homeschool planning guide to help you ask the right big picture questions to set your long-term homeschool goals. And it will also give you seven simple steps to craft a peaceful, orderly homeschool plan. If you want access to this free ebook, just head to humilityanddoxology.com homeschool-planning-guide or just click the link in the show notes. Well, Yvette, do you think there are any common misconceptions that people may have about homeschooling? So many, um, so many that we made a whole movie about it. <laughs> um, I, I think that still it shocks me, but still people will say, homeschoolers are unsocialized. They don't know how to function in the world. And I'm like, have you met homeschoolers today? Now, maybe back in the day, that was true. You know, now, now you're a second generation homeschooler, but you are super personable and friendly, but there are some who, and I think it goes back even further to when it was illegal to homeschool um, in some states where those kids had to literally be locked in their homes for five days out of the week during the school hours. And those kids, they, they, there were some weird kids out there, but you know what? There's weird kids in public school too. And, and so that's the whole weird, like homeschoolers are weird. Yeah. Have you, have you walked through them all lately? Public school kids are weird too. Like what kind of weird do you want? You know, so um, kid, kids in general can just be odd because they're trying to figure out life. They're trying to figure out who they are and where they belong in this world. Um, so I think the socialization thing really is a misconception that some people still believe. Um, but I think the greatest misconception is that parents think that they can't do this. 
um, they think, you know, I don't have what it takes. I'm not patient enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not organized enough. I don't have all of the things. And therefore, I can't possibly teach my children at home. And instead, going back to what we were talking about before, there are so many resources for us to be able to utilize today and free resources too. People also, another one is that people often think, well, I can't afford to homeschool. It's maybe for those who have money. Well, we don't. We don't have a lot of money at all. Um, we don't do charter school, so we don't get money from the government. Like we, we have been able to homeschool for 13 years by the grace of God, and he has provided every single thing that we have ever needed to home educate our girls. And um, so God always provides when we're obedient to him. Um, I would say, though, that the, the one misconception that I think a lot of people have, and I think a lot of people don't talk about this, is there are many parents who will say, well, I'm not called to homeschool. You know, maybe you're called to homeschool, but I'm not called to homeschool. And I would argue that as Christian parents, we are all called to home educate and disciple our kids. And I know that that's a really strong statement. I know that a lot of people will push back on that. But when we look at Psalm chapter one, and you look at the chapter as a whole, it says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. And you could stop right there and just say, blessed is the man who walks not in the public school system. But blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And so you take that last part of, of verse 2, and on his law he meditates day and night. Well, how can our kids possibly meditate day and night on the Word of God and on God's truth if they're not with us to help them meditate on it? And when they're in a school that's teaching them everything that's contrary to the Word of God. And so I think a lot of times parents will say, that's great that you're called to it, but I'm not actually called to homeschool my kids. And I would say we are all called to disciple our kids so that they're not walking in the counsel of the wicked and that they are meditating on the word of God day and night. And we get to help them do that um, as their parents. And we don't do it perfectly. We screw up all the time um, because we're sinful human beings. But um, the Lord does help us to get through this and to really give us opportunities as our kids are with us to really meditate on God's truth um, all throughout the week. Yeah. So if a mom is listening and she's starting to get this vision for homeschooling or she's thinking about it and she's she's just not really sure where to start or or what she should what she should even think about first sometimes it can feel overwhelming. If you were talking to a new homeschool mom or one who was considering homeschooling, what would be the most important bits of advice that you would want to say to her? Yeah, I would say for sure um find a mentor uh, or a few. Find people in your world who will pray for you, who will pray with you, and who will just help guide you. Moms who have gone before you, most places um, have them. Now, I know we're talking probably to people who live in other countries where it's not as prevalent, you know, not a lot of people homeschool, but that's where, you know, podcasts like yours comes in to play. And even, and, and I cringe to say this uh, because because you have to be really careful with it, but even social media, sometimes you can be part of groups that are really encouraging, not gossip, homeschool gossip groups, because those exist and those are just, I think, so damaging. But there are some really great um, Facebook pages uh, where people can interact with one another and ask questions and get biblical encouragement and advice if you don't have that where you live. But if you live in a place that has other homeschooled families, you know, hopefully you have other homeschool families in your church um, or you have a homeschool community around you, um, cling to that. Uh, find those other like-minded families 
who will help walk you through um, through the journey of homeschooling. And then you get to be that to someone when you get through your journey and you get to help encourage them as well. I love that encouragement. Community is is so important. You know, two are yes. better than one, right? When one Amen. falls down, his friend can help him up. Yeah. And sometimes we need to be that person who can lift up someone who's struggling. And I know that for myself, I often need that friend who can come and, and remind me of what's true. I will mention here that I am a part of Made to Homeschool, which is a brand new online homeschool community. It is started by Christian homeschool parents for Christian homeschool parents. And so it is a place to ask questions to people who have experience. Uh, Lots of different styles of homeschoolers are there, but the, those of us who are kind of our the mentors, so to speak, in the group are all believers and really have a heart for encouraging and being a safe place um, on the internet yeah. for homeschool homeschool parents. So I'll put that link in the show notes, or you can just go to humilityandoxology.com slash M, the number two H. But Yvette, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your family's adventure, Making Schoolhouse Rocked. You've mentioned the movie, the documentary you guys filmed a few times. And I think you guys like sold your house and traveled the country (laughs) and like had this like crazy, amazing adventure. So can you tell me a little bit, like, how did you decide to do this? And do you have a favorite memory or a favorite moment from that whole process? Oh, so many favorites. Yes. Um, Yeah, it's been quite a journey. Uh, So it's a long story, but I won't tell you the whole thing, all the details, because that would take us forever. But in a nutshell, um, about seven years ago, uh, the the Lord called us, like I said, we're from Los Angeles. And we knew, we had known for years that the Lord was just prompting us to leave California, but we didn't know where we would go. We didn't know how we would get there. We didn't know what we would do. Um, And my husband had worked in the Hollywood film industry for many years. He worked in the music industry before that. And um, it's that industry wasn't for us. Um, It was very hard on our family, but the Lord was able to um, use that for my husband to get tons of experience in filmmaking and just in the world of movie making. And so we had, we were in our, I think, sixth year of homeschooling at that time. And we, you, you talked about misconceptions. We had started to see that we had all these misconceptions. We had gone to this homeschool um, conference. The Lord opened our eyes. And so we had become kind of homeschool evangelists in our area. You know, we would meet people at church and we'd say, oh, have you thought about homeschooling? And we would talk to them about it. And they would say, yeah, but I can't because this, 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 and this. And they had believed all the same things that we had believed. And so we started to see a lot of parents aren't homeschooling because they don't understand it. They don't understand what it is. They don't understand why they should do it. They're believing all the false things that we believed. And so the Lord actually put it on my husband's heart to film this documentary on homeschooling. And at the same time, he literally, it's its kind of a crazy story that I don't have time to get into the details on, but he made it clear to both of us that it was time to leave California. It was time to go. And so in December of 2016, we had sold our house. We sold basically everything in it. There were a few special things that are, are, um, that my mom held on to, uh, that she kept in her garage, uh, that we've, we've since been able to get, but, um, we basically sold everything and we bought a, a travel trailer and a Ford excursion 
and we got in our trailer um, in December of 2016 and we drove out of California, not really knowing where we were going. Um, I mean, that first destination we were heading towards Georgia uh, because some of our family has moved there, but we didn't know where we would end up. We didn't know how we were going to get there. We didn't know what it was going to look like, but we knew the Lord was saying, go and make this movie. And we didn't even know who the cast was going to be at that time. We had interviewed a couple of people, um, but we just were like, Lord, you have opened every door. I mean, it was miraculous how he opened the doors for this to happen. And so, um, so we just stepped out in faith and we just said, Lord, we're going to trust you. We don't know what we're doing. We don't know how we're going to do this, but we know that you're calling us to do this. And so, so we did, and it took us um, a really, really long time <laughs> to make the movie and to get it out into people's hands. Uh, it took us actually almost five years. And part of that was we didn't know why it was taking so long to make the movie and the Lord kept, he never stopped production, but he kept putting delays in front of us. And, um, you know, whether it was financial or just our living situation or whatever it was, and then COVID hit and millions of people brought their kids home. And we were like, oh, so God's plan really is best. And, and we were able to see for the first time really why, um, the Lord had put those delays in front of us. Um, the most exciting thing about the journey though, uh, the, making the movie was fun. We've, we've traveled to over 30 states with our girls by car mostly. And so that's been a lot of fun. We've gotten to drive the map. You know, I said, we don't need to do geography with our kids, at least not, not U.S. geography. We've literally driven a good part, portion of it. We still have several states to hit, of course, but um, while the making of the movie has been really fun, it was also really, really hard. But the most exciting part of the journey has been meeting people along the way and making friends with people in all different parts of the country. And, and some of those friendships have really um, stood strong and really developed into lifelong friendships. And so we have friends in all different parts of the nation now that we would not have had before because we were in our perfect little bubble of California with our church and our family and our homeschool community and our friends that we'd had you know, for life. I mean, that was where we grew up. And so we were in our little comfortable bubble. And when we got out of that, we were kind of forced into like, okay, now we have to meet people and we have to actually establish other friendships. So while we still have many of our, our close friends and of course our family in California, we have friends, um, you know, all over the place now. And it's really neat to just see how the Lord has uh, developed and established those friendships. That's been by far my favorite part. You know, when God takes us out of our comfort zone, sometimes we don't know why or what he's going to do through that, yeah. but to be able to see how you've had your hearts connected to all of these people, you would never have known otherwise. What a joy. And I think one of the fun things, especially I think as a second generation homeschooler, you know, I, I feel like I can see... I think pretty clearly, maybe more more easily than someone who's new to it, that there's so many different ways to homeschool and there's not yeah. just the one right way. Sometimes folks will jump out of the public school traditional model box and then they mm -hmm. like jump into a new homeschool box with ever like their little version of what homeschooling needs to look like. And I think one of the best ways to get outside of our box is to just meet a wide variety of other homeschoolers yeah. because yeah. we can learn from one another so much. We can learn from one another in the ways we're similar, but we mm -hmm. can also sometimes learn just as much, if not more, from people who do things differently than we do. And to see that we all share a common vision, a common goal, yeah. um, but it can work itself out differently. 
is such yeah. a joy. I think that's really important. Um, and I'm excited to hear how your family was connected with all these other folks around the country. Yeah. 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 It's fun. And even like homeschool methods, you know, like we've met people who do, you know, like life schooling, like they just do homeschool through life. You know, they, they find opportunities, they use some workbooks and textbooks and, and curriculum, but, but really they kind of incorporate it into life. And then we've met those who do classical, those who do um, Charlotte Mason, those who do unit studies, like there are so many ways. And so every family has a different kind of personality when it comes to homeschooling. And it's really fun to see that. It's fun to see how the Lord uh, just mold each family according to how he has created them to function as a family. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Well, Yvette, here at the end, I'm going to ask you the questions that I ask all my guests. And the first is just, what are you personally reading lately? Um, two things, actually. One of them I'll have to explain because the title of it sounds like it could be a little bit shady, but okay. it's called The Night to Remember. <laughs> and it's actually a story. Of, um, it's about the Titanic, um, the, the sinking of the Titanic. And it's just true accounts of people who were actually on um the ship and you know what they went through and so it's I, I found it at a yard sale last week and i was like huh this looks really interesting obviously i know the story about the titanic but to read those firsthand accounts um, has been really interesting uh, but the one book that i'm really um loving in addition to that um it's by missy andrews and it's called my divine comedy i don't know if you've read this one oh my I mother's homeschooling journey I'm telling you, I think every homeschool mom should read this book. It is so good. I didn't even know it existed. And I, I interviewed Missy um, on this for my podcast. And I was like, this is the greatest book ever. Um, and so I'm still making my way through it. Um, but it is such a fantastic book. And I just love her transparency and just uh, just sharing her heart of, you know, this is what I thought my homeschooling was going to look like. And this is what it actually looked like. And here's what the Lord did through my journey. Um, and so I just, I love her honesty. And, and again, that this is another way you ask, you know, what does the mom do who feels like she can't homeschool? There are so many books available um, for parents. You know, I, I think of Nikki Shusdell wrote a book called Anyone Can Homeschool. Um, that's another great one. But this one here, I think, um, is just incredible. My Divine Comedy. Um, so that, and then just in my personal reading time, I'm reading through the book of Titus. And, um, and I love it. I, I, I just keep reading. I'm I'm reading through the New Testament um, right now. I, I'm reading, you know, through my whole Bible again, um, and so I'm back in in uh, in the letters from Paul. And uh, I love the Book of Titus so much, which is perfect, uh, 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 perfectly relevant for our conversation today because I have those Titus two women in my life, and I really strive to be that in the lives of others as well. Yes, indeed. Oh, I am so glad you're reading that book by Missy. Highly recommend that to so many and anyone who's listening, if you're, you know, trying to find it, you actually can only purchase it from Center for Lit. That's the Andrews website. Center for Lit is also just a great resource. They have several wonderful podcasts themselves. If you mm -hmm. want to learn how to think um, as a Christian about literature and deep ideas, highly recommend their stuff. And Missy's been on this podcast before too. I just really respect her and love that book. So I'm glad yeah. you brought, I'm glad you brought that one today. Yep. I love it. Well, the final question I have for you is what would be your best tip for helping the homeschool day run more smoothly? Um, this, this might be, um, a bit of a surprising tip, um, that I think a lot of homeschool moms might not give. Um, but it has worked the best for our family is to let your children sleep. Um, we often don't start school until noon, 
sometimes one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, both of my girls are just night owls, just like their dad. Um, they, I, again, I'm not, I love to get up early in the morning and I have the whole house to myself and it's quiet and I can spend time with the Lord. I can work, I can do, you know, whatever it is I need to do. Um, but the other three members of my family are night owls. And so my girls, rarely are they in bed before 11 o'clock and it's usually somewhere near midnight. And so I let them sleep in. I do not make them, you know, rise and shine at eight in the morning and get to work because what I've learned is that when they are really tired, if they're not well rested, they're not going to have good attitudes. They're not going to learn well. Um, and it's just going to be kind of a, a difficult day for everybody. And so homeschooling allows us the, the freedom and the privilege of being able to rest. Um, and also it just, it's important for them. It's important for their brain development. It's important for their body development. You know, I've got two teenage girls and they need to sleep. They need to rest. Um, and so, so I, I let my girls sleep. Now, I don't let them sleep until one o'clock in the afternoon. And and they would sometimes if I let them. Um, I do get them up um, in the morning, but usually they're up by 9, 9.30, somewhere around there, um, dragging themselves out of bed. So, so yeah, sleep. Sleep is important. Sleep is important. It's a gift from the Lord for sure. Amen. And now as I'm getting older and sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep, I think to really, really begin to appreciate that sleep. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but the flexibility of the schedule, the fact that homeschooling allows you to make that decision that works well for your family yeah. um, is so great. I know that there are people I know who have a parent who works like a later shift, shift mm -hmm. work. And so they would never see that parent right. if they, you know, did homeschool in sort of the traditional hours. And so they've yeah. been able to kind of reorient their family's whole time zone shifts, or I don't know what the right phrase yeah. schedule, just right. to reorient around, um, you know, a parent's shift work. So again, that's not yeah. specifically sleep, but it kind of goes along with what you're saying that you guys can kind of adjust the time when you would do your school because, because we yeah. can, we have the well, freedom to do that. Yeah. That's exactly actually what happened was when Garrett, uh, my husband was working in, um, the film world, he would get home from work at, you know, nine, sometimes 10 o'clock at night. And so from the time my girls were, were itty bitty, if I didn't keep them up, he would not get to see them ever. And so it just, it worked for our family. And that's just always kind of stuck with my girls is that we just have a late bedtime and it's okay. And, and I have heard, you know, parents worry and say, you know, well, if my kids aren't on a schedule and they don't learn to discipline themselves this way, what's going to happen when they get into the adult world and have a job? Well, my oldest daughter's had jobs where she's had to get up early in the morning and she does just fine because when there's a paycheck attached to it, she will get up to do anything. <laughs> and so it's not a problem. You know, they're able to get up for church and we're able to be at church at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. I mean, it's not an issue when it's necessary, but on the days when it's not necessary for them to be up early, um, you know, I would rather them rest. Yvette, this has been a wonderful conversation. Thank you for chatting with me today. Please let us know where people can find you all around the internet. Yeah, everything that we do, our whole ministry can be found at schoolhouserocked.com. It's R-O-C-K-E-D. And we've got um, a link to the movie there. You can stream it for free. Um, so it doesn't even cost you anything. You can watch the movie. Um, our podcast is there. We actually have two podcasts. Um, we've got a blog that we we post on every now and then. Um, but really, the podcast and the movie are um, our main thing um, where we encourage people. So everything can be found at schoolhouserocked.com. And thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. 
I will have links to all those things in the show notes for this episode over at humilityandoxology.com. And I look forward to the next time we get to chat. Thanks for listening in on this week's Homeschool Conversation. For show notes and links to all the resources we discussed, head to humilityanddoxology.com slash homeschool-conversations. And if these episodes are an encouragement to you, would you take a moment to leave a rating and review and to share with your friends? I am so thankful that you are here on this adventure with me. Let's repent of our constant striving, relish the joy of learning, and rest in the work of Christ on our behalf. Stand fast, my friends.